Well, welcome this morning to New Hope Community Church. So glad that you're here with us as we continue in our series called Overcoming. And today we are going to be starting our 21-day Daniel fast after this service. And we are going to go 21 days, and then we are going to break it on Super Bowl Sunday, before the Super Bowl. So that's the plan. It'll be a Super Bowl and a super deal for a lot of people. But I really want to challenge you to consider doing the fast. If you were here last week, you got the Daniel Fast booklet so you could read through what the fast looks like. If you're here today for the first time, you can pick this booklet up on your way out and you can start this afternoon the fast with us or you can do some prep and start tomorrow, whatever works for you. But I really encourage you to try something different in 2019, right on the front end and to pursue this Daniel fast. Maybe you decide to tweak it in some kind of way or whatever, or because of visiting with your doctor and and they saying, hey, you could do this, but not that, or whatever it might be, but at some level. And for some of you, when you think about, oh, what do you mean, give up food and give up caffeine? Are you crazy? And that, and maybe you've already decided in your mind, (laughs) not doing that. Well, maybe decide to do something non-food related. Although, I encourage you to do what the fast is, okay? But last night when I was watching the Cowboys and the Rams game and that, I heard in the background my wife say, goodbye, Instagram, goodbye, Facebook, and click. And I'm like, what are you doing? She says, I'm giving it up for the fast. I'm like, well, way to go, sister. I will do it as well. And she's like, you don't even go on there. What do you mean? I mean... <laughs> but it could be any area of our life, your favorite sitcom, uh, Netflix, whatever it is, you're going to give it up and you're going to have to rely on God's strength during this time. And in that, you are going to know a God, experience a God, and walk out differently in your relationship with God after the 21 days. I guarantee it will take place. And so as we have prepared for this series called Overcoming back in December, we put out all kinds of topics of areas that you wanted to overcome in your life. And there were like 15, 20 different topics that you could choose from and vote on for this series, for this next six weeks. And so last week, I started the series with overcoming negativity and talking about, hey, into the new year, 2019 is going to be a different year for us because we are going to live as optimists, not pessimists. We are going to roll out of bed, not in a negative way right away towards our day, but we are going to have a greater faith, trust, belief in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is with us, that he is for us, not against us, and we are going to live as overcomers. And so this week, I want to look at the whole area of anxiety. When we asked you to vote on the topic, anxiety beat out every other topic twice as much. Twice as much. Why is that? This is why it is. Sociologists who measure anxiety levels of entire nations have concluded that the United States is by far the most anxious nation on the earth. By far, we are the most anxious nation. Even though we are the most wealthy nation, we have the most technology, we have the greatest medical facilities, education, infrastructure of water and energy and all that, 
We are the number one most anxious nation. Colombia is number two. Normal anxiety occurs in all of us in response to a stress, right? Hey, I got a test or I have an interview. But excessive anxiety involves this continual anxiety, which then brings with it other debilitating symptoms. About one in three Americans, they say, will experience this level of anxiety at some point over their life. Now, what is really interesting is this. Nations where people face clean water basically struggles in life. For example, securing clean water on a daily basis are markedly less anxious than Americans. That's so interesting, isn't it? We struggle with anxiety. On June 3rd, 2017, Alex Hanold climbed without ropes or safety gear, Al Capitan, located in Yosemite National Park. If you take New York City's Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building, you stack those on top of each other and you put it up against the wall of El Capitan, you would still have to add another 500 feet to it. It's 3,000 feet sheer cliff. 1958 was the first time two men ever successfully climbed El Capitan. It took them thousands of feet of safety rope, and it took them 11 days. Alex Halnold climbed El Capitan in less than four hours. No safety rope, no security rope, just his fingers and his toes holding him to the mountain. The night before the climb, two press releases had been prepared. One for if he made it, and one for if he did not. How is it Hanold overcame the fear and the anxiety of free climbing El Capitan, which years ago they said would be impossible to even ever just climb? He overcame it because he studied it. Every handhold, every foothold. He had a plan. He then implemented his plan, and he overcame El Capitan. When it comes to anxiety, when it comes to work to life, we need to do the same. So this morning, I want you to understand anxiety a little better, and then also have a plan for it in your life. Now, I'm not standing up here as a person who is an expert on anxiety. I'm not. I am not at all, but I am standing before you as a person who over his 57 years of life have ex- has experienced anxiety in all kinds of difficult overcoming. You'll read some of it. You know, if you pick up this Daniel Fast booklet, Overcoming, you'll read some of them. There's 21 stories of myself, my wife, our family of areas that we have had to overcome, and there's a devotional for every day of the Daniel Fast in here. But this morning, I want us to have this greater understanding of anxiety, at least a little more, and how we can plan to overcome it in our lives. In the Bible, there is a plan for dealing with anxiety, with worry. 
it comes from the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four, two verses, six and seven. This is what it says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all our understanding will guard our heart and will guard our mind in Christ Jesus. That's the plan. I mean, it seems sort of trite, right? Sort of like, okay, that, like, that's it, really? You know, that's it. But let's dive into it a little deeper here because Paul starts out and he says, hey, be anxious for nothing. I mean, how many people in the room have never been anxious? Anybody that is like, oh, I've never been anxious. <laughs> never dealt with stress. I don't worry. No, we all deal with it, right? I mean, I was dealing with it just this last week. I mean, Thursday uh, was a full day. Uh, Thursday, I was heading down to Children's Hospital to visit with a couple who had just given birth to their uh, son, but the, it was challenged. And they were wondering what was going to take place with their son. His life was being challenged. And that I was running late here with some other situations going on. And I had a situation in my own life where our, my main car, the radiator, uh, blew on it and that wasn't working. So then I decided to use my second vehicle. I didn't want to use the one that I wanted. Hey, if they need a car, I want them to have a car, that kind of stuff. So I grabbed my little Ford Ranger truck, which I knew the radiator didn't work, but I knew that it would at least stay half full. And so I filled it up to full capacity and headed towards the cities. And as I'm heading towards the cities, the the front hood is doing this, flapping. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, I pull over. I could not get that thing to, to stay down. I, you know, I drive. I'm like, what in the world? I could, and I'm like, I mean, I'm 65, 70 miles an hour. At some point, it's going, woo. You know, I'm like, this is, and I'm like, I don't want to drive all the way home. And I'm running late in that. And I got a meeting after this. And you get, you get the deal, right? So for us, this idea of, oh, be anxious for nothing, right? It's like, Really? But the, the word overcome, as we're using it in this series, is this, to defeat and prevail or endure it as part of life, okay? The only part of that definition that doesn't work for anxiety is end. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm not just going to end anxiety in my life. No, but Paul says, hey, how can we defeat it? How can we prevail over it? How can we endure life with it? Because what he's talking about here is not just day-to-day -day anxiety that we're going to get because, oh, I got an interview or an exam. He's talking about this anxiety, this fretfulness, this undue concern or worry that we carry day-to-day-to-day -day -day that we roll out of bed with, and right away we have this worry, this anxiety. We can't sleep at night. Why? Because we have this worry, this anxiety. And he's saying, hey, listen, God has not created you to live this way. So he says, be anxious for nothing. In Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. But why is it we carry this anxiety, this worry? Well, let's look back to the beginning. If we go all the way back to Genesis 1, we see anxiety and early on, right? Early on, God said after he created everything in Genesis 1, 31, he said that he looked at all he created and he said it was very good. He said it was very good. The reason he could say it was very good because there was no anxiety, there was no stress, no worry. There was no sin in the world. Matter of fact, it looked so good. In Genesis 2.25, it says, the man and woman were both naked and they felt zero shame. 
There was no shame, no guilt. There was peace. But we see early on that B, anxiety came with the enemy. In chapter three, Adam and Eve are in the garden and Satan shows up before Eve and says, did God really say that you're not supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you're not supposed to eat of that apple? And right away, he casts doubt in Eve's mind. And we know that doubt in our lives produces what? Anxiety. It produces worry in our lives. He goes on, and he, after she says, yeah, that's what he said, he says, no, you know, he doesn't want your eyes to be opened. Because if your eyes are opened, you will know knowledge of good and evil. And so she has this anxiety of, man, I am missing out. I am missing out, and I should have what God has. And doesn't that happen in our life? Anxiety and worry produce, is produced. Why? Because we are coveting. Or why? Because we look at everybody else's life and we think, they got it together. Or if I only had that, I would be more at peace. I would have more joy in my life if I was driving that or owned that, right? And then he goes on and he says, yeah, if you eat of that apple, then you will become God yourself and you won't need him. And he says, hey, you're not good enough the way you are. And isn't that the world around us on a daily basis, people in marketing, not that they're evil bad people, but what they want us to do is be uncomfortable with who we are. Why? So that we will buy what they're selling. If only you had that. If only you were here. If only you did that. If you looked like this. And anxiety and worry builds in our life. So we see... Anxiety and early on, God created a world of peace. But the enemy came in and stole that and brought in anxiety and worry. And so much of our anxiety, see, is emptiness. It's emptiness. Matter of fact, 85% of that which we are anxious about or worry about never happens. It never happens. I like the quote of Michel de Montaigne who stated this 500 years ago, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which has never happened, (laughs) right? Most of which has never happened. We are so good with feeling like we have to worry and be anxious, like it's our friend or like it's this badge of honor. Well, if I'm not anxious or worried in that, then then, it doesn't show I care. I don't think so. Because there's emptiness in it. Because so much of what we're anxious and worried about, 85% of it never comes to fruition anyways. And so that's why Paul is challenging us. He's saying, hey, be anxious. Be anxious what? For nothing. But then he goes on, secondly, and he says in verse 6, the second half, but in everything by prayer, in everything by prayer. He invites us to pray about everything. So I'm heading down towards the cities. My hood is doing this. And I'm I'm like, okay. The last time I touched my hood, the minute I touched it, these words came to mind. The hood spoke to me. It said, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Last week I told you my 2019 theme verse was rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord's near. He's with you. 
And the hood just said, hey, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So I decided I was going to pull into Walmart and I was going to buy a screwdriver and deal with the hood. And that kind of man, you know, getting the screwdriver and say, hey, you're going to overcome. It's going to work out. It's all going to be good. Be on your way. And that kind of stuff. And I came out and jiggled it and just this, that kind of stuff and that. And, and it stuck. And it stuck. And I held on to the screwdriver, threw it in the truck and keep it there and that. But I was on my way. But it was just like in everything, regardless if it's just a hood to if it's, you know, financial stress situation, relationship challenge, whatever it is, he invites us. In Matthew 6.33, after he says in Matthew 6.27, you know, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? He says this, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added as well. He said, hey, when you start to feel anxiety, when you start to carry worry, Come to me first. Make me number one. And all these things will be added to you, will be taken care of, will work out. I love the picture we get in Psalm 62.8, one of my favorite verses. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. You know, what does it say? Trust in him at all times, small, big, whether it's 9 o'clock in the morning or 1.30 or whether it's midnight, all times, pour out your hearts to him, meaning give me everything. Give me it all. Why? For God is our refuge. He's our fortress. He's our security. He is our peace. He is our provider. And that is what we're desiring over this next 21 days is just to pour out our lives before him through prayer, and through fasting, to give it all over to him. And so Paul says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. But I believe, and I've experienced other areas of my life that are partners to prayer and fasting that help when it comes to the area of anxiety and worry in my life, and that help to keep it at a healthy level. Other areas like journaling, uh, every day, pretty much, I journal in an, a notebook. And whatever's built up in me, whatever my desires are, my challenges are, I need wisdom over it, I just take from here, goes down my arm, through the pen, out on paper before God, and then I leave it and walk away. And there's this, like, this therapy that takes place when I just dump it on the page and walk away. So you can try journaling. We know that exercise is good for us and it develops endorphins. Endorphins have the same positive impact that morphine has in the negative. I mean, morphine is an upper, right? But then you go down. But exercise produces endorphins in us and keeps us up. It changes our mindset. It changes us physically. It's positive. So just that 20 minutes of walking four times a week or whatever produces these endorphins in our lives. So the exercise is critical. Diet, right? How we eat affects who we are, doesn't it? We all would agree. If you're doing this fast and you're giving up the food and the sugars and the caffeine and that, about two, three days from now, you are all going to be really grumpy and hard to live with. Why? Because you have given up what you are used to and your body's going through this metamorphosis and it's changing and that. And so what we eat impacts who we are. So we have to look at our diet. Obviously, our sleep impacts who we are 
and our anxiety and our worry. And some people say, well, I can't even get to sleep because of my anxiety and my worry. Here's a great verse that I love, Psalm 4.8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone make me dwell in safety. You alone. I encourage you, write that on a, a card, put it over your bed. When you go to bed at night, read that, pray that. If you're anxious about anything, worried about anything, you stay up at night, write it down, and then put it off to the side and just say, God, I am giving those things to you. You promise that you will allow me to dwell in safety. So while I am dwelling and sleeping soundly, I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of those things while I'm sleeping, and I'm just going to hand them over to you and give it to them. So journaling, exercise, diet, sleep, and then act. Act on your anxiety or your worry. A lot of times, anxiety and worry worry comes through procrastination. Remember, 85% of what we are anxious about never happens, right? But if we act on something, it always brings a sense of peace. So if there's this outstanding bill and you're concerned and you're worried about it and it's day three and you still haven't called or done anything, make the call and just tell them, hey, I can't do much in that, but I could like do 10 bucks this week or whatever. And they're like, hey, that's cool. That's good. Hey, appreciate you calling, just letting us know things. You get off the phone and you're like, why didn't I do that before? Right? Aren't we that way? Why don't I just take care of it? To act. And then lastly, have a friend. Have a friend that can just listen to you Walk alongside of you. We all need that and how critical and important it is just to have somebody to share our challenges with. So the plan, the biblical plan, and not just in Philippians 4, but we see it throughout Scripture, is to be anxious for nothing, but in all things in our lives, just keep bringing them before God, bringing them before God, bringing them before God. And sometimes it's over and over and over again. But here's the promise that we get in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As we come to him, he says that he will guard our heart and our mind. The word guard is literally like a centurion. God will put a centurion in our lives to protect us. He'll put a bodyguard in front of us to protect us from excess anxiety, from excess worry. He'll put a bodyguard over our heart. He'll put a bodyguard over our mind. And we know that our heart is the, is the capsule of our emotions and how emotionally we can get and filled with anxiety and worry. And we also know that we need a guard over our mind because when we hear news of anything, sometimes our mind can go down 30 rabbit trails within one minute, right? We are all really good at that, of seeking out all kinds of scenarios, which in the end, 85% of them never even come to fruition or more. And Paul is saying here, listen, he will put a guard, a centurion, over your heart, stuff over your mind, as you come and bring all your stuff before him. Here's what Jesus says to us in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, listen, 
I didn't create you to carry this level of anxiety, fretfulness, this level of undue concern on a day-to-day basis. I created you to have peace. A peace that the world cannot provide. But a peace that I infuse in to your heart and to your mind as you come and bring your stuff to me. And so Paul is encouraging us to practice this in our lives. God first. And so as we close off here this morning, I want us to practice this. And I want to go back to Psalm 62.8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And I know that for each one of us in the room, there we are carrying a level of anxiety today in one area of our life, or it could be more. And I want you to pour that out before Jesus. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come up And up front, I have these little glasses, and they're filled with 7-Up. And the reason I chose 7-Up is because I believe 7-Up is a picture of anxiety in our lives. It bubbles. You can see it bubbling. And that's like anxiety building in our life. It starts to bubble, right? And we can feel it. We can sense it. I want you to come up and I want you to grab one of the little cups and then I want you to pour out your anxiety. Label the cup. Fractured relationship. Finances. Failure. Whatever is causing you anxiety. And I want you to pour it in the bowl. And in the bowl are the hands of Jesus. Extended waiting for you, inviting you to pour it in. And when we drink something like 7-Up or orange juice or this or that, I mean, we don't drink 7-Up and we're like, oh man, I don't like that fizzy stuff. I'm going to try to, you know, get it out of there. Or I don't, it's too much sugar. I'm going to try to strain out that sugar or, or whatever it is. No, I mean, when we pour it out into the glass, I mean, we just pour it all in, right? We just pour it all in. And that's what God's inviting us to. You know, maybe you're just really ticked off at him today. Pour it out. He's okay. He's big. He can handle it. Maybe you're disappointed with him. Pour it out. Let him know. Give it over to him. Whatever it is. But I invite you to come up. Just grab a cup. Pour it out. Name it. Just put the cup back on the tray and let it be. And then just come back and the worship team will be out to lead us in a closing song. But let's be anxious for nothing. Let's not let it rule our lives. Be Lord over it. We already have one and he is Jesus. And so, by prayer, let's pour it out before him and invite his peace into our lives like a centurion, like a guard over our heart and mind. Let's pray. 
Father God, we thank you that you aren't this distant God who doesn't care, but you care. And you're like a friend who is waiting for the call to get together at Caribou and just listen. But you're more than a friend. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. The one who can carry, can help us figure out our challenges and troubles that cause anxiety and stress and worry in our lives greater than you designed. So I pray peace over everyone in the room. I pray that you would soak them in your presence and your peace as they come. In your holy name, amen.